everyone. Welcome to another edition of the My Nights Are Booked podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Beth Pollock, and today is the premiere of Mayfair Witches. It's January 8th, and Mayfair Witches is the newest installment of the Anne Rice Immortal Universe at AMC. It's a really exciting time um, for Anne Rice fans. It's, uh, it's, it's incredible to think that the vampires have had a, a, have a series and that the witches are getting a series also. And to see them both come to life um, is just, it's just amazing. Um, it's still, I look back and I think about my younger self reading these books, never in a million years imagining that they would become a TV series. But it makes so much sense because they do so well in the TV format. So you might have already read my review of the first five episodes. I, as a as a journalist, I had ep- uh, access to the first five episodes and, and um, was able to screen those. So that is available in an earlier podcast. And my written review is available on the um, My Nights Are Booked website. Um, but what you will notice is that there is a definite difference. I mean, you you can't compare the two. So, and I think it's a good thing. I think that it's a good thing that that Mayfair Witches is very different tonally and structurally from Interview with a Vampire. They shouldn't be the same things because they're they're not the same. So, um, you know, whereas Interview kind of hits you, it takes you from the very first moment, and and you're just caught in its grip. Mayfair Witches is is a little bit slower. It, it takes a while, and it, and it's gonna take a while. I've, like I said, I've seen the first five episodes. It takes a while for the story to really take shape because there's so much mythology that you have to understand to be able to get into the series. How that's gonna work in the long run, I don't know, but I can tell you that each week you get more pieces to the puzzle, and as they come together, it paints an amazing picture. So I'm I'm still I'm really excited about it. But it is just really important not to compare the two because they really aren't the same. So, um, you know, with that in mind, um, this episode of the podcast, I'm going to have uh, a little bit later, we're going to have an interview that I did with Harry Hamlin, who plays Cortland, and Tongai Cherisa, who plays Cyprian. And as you know, if you've read the books, both of those characters have kind of uh, Cyprian is a brand new character. He's a combination of Aaron Leitner and Michael Curry. And uh, Cortland Mayfair has had a bit of a retcon to him because he's not the same Cortland that you know from um, from the books. And it's probably a good thing. And uh, they're both just absolutely brilliant in the episode and uh, in the series in general. So I was really excited to be able to talk to both of them. Um, I did want to talk a little bit about the episode, just some general thoughts. Um, I think it's really interesting to see how they, they introduced Lasher. And I think that, uh, you know, without going into details about later episodes, I think it's very intentional that they kind of gave an understated introduction to Lasher because we're not really meant to know much at this point. We, we know as much as, as they've given us. Whether or not he undergoes some retconning himself remains to be seen. We don't really know that he's a malicious, malingering presence yet. We just know that he's he's a, a mysterious creature. That's all we know. 
And we know that he has a connection to young Deidre, and even in the present day, he has a connection to Deidre. We know that Deidre has been um, kind of sedated for years and years, and her new doctor doesn't believe that she needs to have those shots, so he stops giving them to her. So we'll see what happens because of that. And then there is Rowan Mayfair, and she is a very brilliant neurosurgeon who is, um, she is adopted, and her adopted mom has cancer, and she's trying to help her there. Um, and then, you know, she ends up discovering that she has this, this crazy ability and her mom tries to play it off. But what Rowan doesn't know is that her mom knows exactly who she is. She's a Mayfair herself. Uh, she's one of the Mayfair cousins and she took Rowan in and took her away from New Orleans so that she wouldn't know that she's part of this legacy. So the rest of, you know, as we expand into later episodes, it's all going to be about Rowan discovering who she is and also who Lasher is. And we get to learn more about the Mayfair legacy and who the different Mayfair uh, designees were. So it's, it's a really it's a really interesting series in the way that it's structurally set up. But it, I think it has to be set up the way it is because there's just so much to take in. Now, on the subject of uh, the characters... I think that Alexandra Daddario is is fantastic as Rowan. You can definitely get a sense that you know she's she knows she's capable. She knows she's talented. She just doesn't really know how to interact with other people. She lives on a boat. She doesn't want to be around people. She, uh, you know, her her relationships are very transactional. She gets what she wants and then she leaves. It's not. Uh, she's not looking for romance. She's not looking for connections. She is just living her life. So when her mother is sick and, and you know, her, her cancer comes back, Rowan feels very helpless because she's a doctor. She's someone who can, who can do miraculous things, but she can't save her mother. And in order to try and save her mother, she's trying to get her into a trial with uh, one of the hospital donors. And she has to ask for favors from her boss. And her boss is kind of a jerk. Um, and while she's talking to him, she envisions a rupture in his brain and then it happens. And it happens again with, uh, with the donor when she realizes that he's a giant prick. So when she tells her mom about what happened, her mom tries to play it off as much as possible. And, uh, Rowan reveals that she thinks she had something to do with something similar that happened to one of her elementary school, uh, friends or someone in elementary school who suffered kind of a similar incident. And uh, this is when Rowan's mom realizes that, you know, her powers might be coming, coming back or coming out. So she contacts the Talamasca. And this is where things get really interesting. Again, Rowan doesn't know anything, anything about her history. It looks like she's been doing some research, but it was a closed adoption. She hasn't been able to get very far. But it turns out her mom knows the whole story because her mom is Carlotta Mayfair's niece and Carlotta takes Deidre's baby to the niece and tells her to take the baby as far away as she can, never let her know who she is, and they're going to try to keep Lasher's legacy at bay. Of course, that's not going to work, but it was a valiant effort and uh, it just you can see all of the things like everything just starts to unravel as soon as Rowan's mother passes away. And as soon as Deidre 
starts coming out of the Thorazine uh, coma that she's been in, uh, we see that things are starting to change. And so Cyprian is the one who goes to investigate whether or not something's changed at the Mayfair house. And he's been assigned to the case. And Rowan's mother, in a message, lets him know, like, if you can't get a hold of me, I'm gone and I'm going to need you to watch over Rowan. So all of these things kind of set up that first episode. And again, it, it doesn't move with the same, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's very New Orleans. If you've ever been to New Orleans, you know that, you know, everybody just, it's, it's such a relaxed atmosphere. You just kind of, you just cruise. <laughs> That's the only way I can really describe it is you just, you just kind of cruise everything. Life is a party, just like Cortland Mayfair's house. There's always a party going on, but you don't, it, they don't rush through the story. We're meant to kind of get these pieces and parts. We see Lasher with young Deidre, and we see that Cortland is kind of responsible for Deidre getting pregnant, and uh, which is a, a shift from the book, uh, I might add. And uh, we see that you know we see all of these little changes, but what we what we do know is the little the few glimpses that we've had of Lasher. We don't really know what he's up to. We don't really know what his story is. We just know that he's a powerful being. He's tied to members of the late, the Mayfair family. And he asks Deidre to choose whether or not she wants him in her life. And she chooses him. So flash forward to the present when she's trying to get the necklace off. It's an interesting foreshadowing because we don't know why she wants the necklace off but we just know that she wants the necklace off. And we also know that she's not happy. She's never been happy living with Carlotta, but she has been stuck with Carlotta because Carlotta is taking care of her and keeping her sedated. So there's a lot, there's a lot of pieces and parts. So they've given us plenty of room to kind of explore the foundation. And this is the starting point for the rest of the series. So I'm really excited to go along this journey with you. Um, and again, I was really excited to be able to talk to Harry Hamlin and Tongai Teresa about their roles because they play a huge part. I mean, this is, they, they play huge parts in this story. Um, you know, Cortland, we don't know what his motivation is. We just know that he's kind of the black sheep of the family. Carlotta doesn't like him. We don't really know why. Um, with Cyprian, we know that he has some of the powers that Aaron Leitner had in the books, and we know that he's watching out for Rowan, and that's something that Michael Curry did. So we've got these little pieces and parts. So I want to take a break now and, and, and share that interview that I did with both of them, and you can kind of hear... Um, we, we didn't go into spoilers because it was, it was done. We did this interview back in December, so we weren't able to go into like the details, but you can, you can hear kind of their motivations for the characters. And we did talk a little bit about interview with a vampire. So there is a little bit of interview in there. Um, so sit back, enjoy this, uh, this little, it's a brief interview. Um, but you get a little sense of, of who these guys are and who their characters are and what we can look forward to as the series progresses. So here is that uh, clip from my interview with Harry Hamlin and Tongai Teresa. How are you guys doing? Great, how are you doing? Doing great, I've, I've watched all five episodes and I am so excited for this series. So it's, uh, it's just, as a lifelong Anne Rice fan, it's just so amazing to think we live in a world where these characters are, are being able to come to life and on, you know, in a real series, you know, giving right. it 
giving them space to grow. And it's just, and I think that's what's so unique about your characters is that they're both kind of new to this universe. Yeah, kind of new, but not so new. Uh, right, right. You know, I, I think, you know, they 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 did a great uh, job in, in extrapolating, you know, the fundamental elements of, of Michael and Eric, you know, and just, you know, taking, because, you know, objectively, I think they both had the same agenda uh, to figure out what was going on with Rowan and the Mayfairs and why Lasher was, you know, um, why Lash is around. So uh, I think it just, well, for me, it just made sense that you mold these two together and then kind of figure out who Cyprian is apart from these two uh, iconic characters. And, you know, with the help of Esther, I think we did a great job in allowing it to naturally evolve with the foundation of what we had already. And, you know, I think for me personally, I just made it, you know, I from reading the books and reading these characters, I just knew that uh, Cyprian had to be very much an empath, mm. uh, you know, and that kind of like helped give us a, a, a vision as to who he was within the world and how that would affect him within in, in new to the Talamasca and obviously being tasked with um, helping Rowan in, in this new adventure that she faces. I mean, you definitely, what's interesting is that in both, in both Cortland and Sip's cases, they're, they're both oh, very aware of what's going on more than Rowan is. And that's what makes it so interesting because as you're exploring these characters, we also have to figure out what their motivation is. Like, what mm -hmm. is it that they're after? Because it's not immediately clear for either one of them. And we don't know enough about Lasher to understand, you know, who he is and, why he's such a threat there's there's hints but it hasn't really been kind of revealed yet yeah well, i'm surprised that they kept Cortland alive <laughs> right <laughs> in the books Cortland doesn't make it um but so they they needed a patriarch for the series so they brought me back to life and uh i'm just thrilled to play this character because he's uh to me delicious uh and uh I haven't had a chance to play such a delicious character in many years, so I'm very happy about that. He's also an enigma as well. Mm -hmm. Harry, it's funny you use that word delicious because this whole series is a feast for the eyes. I mean, it really is. It's a feast for the senses. I mean, it's just, it's, it just surrounds you. But in, in my notes, as I was watching, you know, Cortland is, is the life of the party. Like, I mean, he is the one, like, if you want to go party with any of these characters in the immortal universe, it's Cortland. Like, you want to yeah. go hang out with this guy. Could you talk a little bit about how you, I mean, considering that, you know, he is a departure because he is, he is alive. How did you, um, you know, how did you come up with kind of how you were going to play this character? Uh, well, there was a, a taste of what I'm doing in the script when I first read the script. And I just decided to amplify that um, and make him more performative um, as a character, because a Southern gentleman who uh, knows no boundaries, you know, and and, uh, and he's, I think he's a bit of an alcoholic. And I think he's, he's, he is that way, because there's a lot of fear in his life. Imagine this guy is, a, he's the patriarch of this family, but uh, almost everyone around him has more power than he does. And, uh, and at any moment, uh, any one of these people could turn on him. 
And if he's he's got to hold it together, and it's it's a, he's drawing a very fine line all the time, which I think is why he likes to go out and and have such a good time and uh, and kind of bury the pain in a way. Uh, but yeah, was, uh, and I'm very appreciative of the producers who and directors who let me out of my cage. <laughs> yeah, and just to allude to what you had asked earlier, I think the power dynamic where, you know, with Harry knowing that there are women that are more powerful and could cause him grievous harm, bodily harm, I think it's the same thing for, for, for Cyprian where he has to answer to his, uh, you know, his, uh, his authority, authoritative uh, figures. And knowing that even with the power that he has, it has to be, limited um in order to serve the greater purpose of the telemasca um and the world at large that they are called to monitor you know in specific with the mayfair which is in this context but i know that it's also alluded to in the you know interview the vampire so it's an organization that is there but is not there until absolutely necessary so objectively i think cyprian has to, you know, it starts off, his allegiance is to this organization, but as things begin to unravel, um, that's obviously challenged and he starts to question his own integrity if, you know, what he's standing for is actually valid or does he have to step up, you know, in the new dimension of what's happening between him and Rowan uh, to save the day. And I think that's one of the things that's so fascinating about how both of your characters were developed because Anne Rice has always done such a beautiful job of creating these characters that are, are faced with sometimes impossible choices or sometimes, you know, impossible tasks or they're torn between, you know, two worlds that, yeah. you know, they don't want to let go of. And, and both of your characters are really dealing with those struggles of trying to, you know, stay alive or you know stay true to who they are but while also pursuing this other agenda that again isn't always isn't always clear but they're just these yeah. characters are just so vivid in that sense and i love that because it 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 sets it up to understand their history uh you know and it's it's when you look at Cortland and you're like okay why does he do what he does and why does sib do what he does um, you know, it, it leaves those question marks in your head. Like, I want to know more about these guys. And if allowed to really tap into their full potential, what does that look like? And how does that affect the Mayfairs? How does that affect Lasher? And ultimately the journey of the 13th witch. Absolutely. Absolutely. Were you both familiar or have you, were you fans of Anne Rice's work before taking on these projects? I was not, I'm too old. So, you know, she was writing uh, these things when kids kids were reading these books when I was already, um, you know, making movies. So I, I, I'm the wrong generation for this. But I knew about her from the movie that that, that Tom Cruise did. Mm -hmm. um, but that's, that was my only exposure to her was that. And I, I think I just missed it because I'm the wrong generation. Yeah, I I was introduced to her through the movie in, uh, with Tom Cruise and obviously Queen of the Dam that Aaliyah did. Um, and then obviously once I got the project uh, um, sent to me, you know, when I made the connection, I was like, oh, Anne Rice, she did this and that. It just kind of like reignited that, uh, that joy of watching those movies so many years ago and to be a part of something that's what, that was already well-established uh, was like, oh, this is a no-brainer. This will be a, 
a joy to be a part of. Well, I know we have to wrap up soon, but I do have a, one more question. Um, you know, obviously, uh, Mayfair, which is follows Interview with a Vampire in terms of when it, it's released, and there's rumors that there could be some crossover in the future. Um, if you watched Interview with a Vampire, if you're familiar with it, do you have kind of a dream interaction that your character might have with one of those characters? If you were, if you were able to write it yourself, <laughs> would you, uh, is there a character where you're like, I wish that my character could play with this character from that universe? Oh, yeah. I don't have an opinion on that myself. I have not seen Interview with a Vampire, so uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think Cortland's character would just love to have immortality. It's like, just bite me and let's get it over and done with. <laughs> okay, now, put, now you put it that way. I wouldn't mind that. I wouldn't mind, you know. Just A little something, something. <laughs> you know, I, I think for me, uh, I mean, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see, you know, because he's part of the Talamasca and, you know, you know, being uh, uh, given a case to go and deal with Lestat or somebody and kind of like discover, you know, figure him out. Um, you know, I'm, I'm yet to see the, the series itself. Um, but yeah, just to have that interaction and use my powers, you know, and see what they can tempt me with. Like, oh, you limiting yourself. We can give you immortality and much more. You could be one of the greatest, strongest vampires if you just succumb to this bite, you know. And maybe see what happens with that, you know. But it, it would be fun um, to see how that that uh, that might happen. But I think ultimately, with what we have now, is just really trying to establish um, this show, to establish these characters, and to really kind of like ground this, um, and you know, allow Mayfair to have to stand on its own, um, mm -hmm. so that you do have rich characters that, in the event that it should have a crossover you are getting well-developed characters and individuals that alone, you know, are just as worthy to be seen. So uh, we excited to, 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 to make this, this, this thing happen and just really solidify this show in the world of uh, the Anne Rice universe. Awesome. Well, it's, it's magnificent, I have to say, and it, and it absolutely does stand on its own and it's, it's, it's so enjoyable, but it's just, it's, it's breathtaking. So I, I'm, I'm excited to speak to you right now. I can't wait till we get to speak later where we can actually talk about, you know, what right. goes on in episode five and <laughs> beyond. So uh, I'd like to consider that the, the start of our conversation and I can't wait to speak with you again. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your time. Awesome. Congratulations on it too. Thank you so much, guys. All right. I want to thank you for joining me on today's podcast. And I don't know about you, but I am so excited about what's coming in the Anne Rice Immortal Universe. This is an exciting time to be an Anne Rice fan. And I can't wait to see what they do with the Mayfair witches, with the story, with this incredible mythology that Anne Rice built around this family. And and there are so many stories to explore. So I can't wait to explore those. I can't wait to see how they dovetail with the Vampire Chronicles. It's just, it's it's a really exciting time to be an Anne Rice fan. So I'm really, really excited about the future and, and what's coming. And I feel like it's just all a gift. So I'm really excited. And I want to thank you for joining me in today's podcast. And as always, I thank you for your support. Uh, please make sure you leave a review and uh, subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. And we'll be reviewing episodes 
every week as they come out and uh, I'll be sharing interviews and all that stuff. So thank you so much. And uh, yeah, we will talk soon. Thanks a lot, everybody.